Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. When everything puts you against the wall, and when you realize that things are getting a little bit worrisome and a little bit scary, and you don't really know what the next chapter will bring, what do you do? When an idea hits, do you follow it? When you have an urge or quote-unquote a crazy insane idea, what do you do? Do you seize it or do you just brush it off as a passing frenzy? When your dream is actually feasible, available, and actionable, do you sit on your hands and tell yourself, yeah, that would be nice? Or do you pack up and go chase it? A true story, a heartfelt and sincere, candid conversation that definitely, from my next guest's perspective, totally exemplifies how chasing your dream, going after it, and putting in the work is definitely worthwhile. A conversation which I really enjoyed, as I hope you will. Awaken the Awesome with Ben Galdale. Here we go. First of all, ça c'est ça, ça c'est en toute intimité because like you know, you and I have been friends for a while and this is something we've talked about already, but I really do want to tip my head off to you for the entire like you know, huge undertaking you guys, you and Jasmine, uh, your significant other took on in terms of following your dream. You know, that day like you know, you just let everybody know, you know what? We're just packing it up, you know, and we're just going to go to BC and do our thing. You know, that was just like, you know, if there was any particular personal truth of a story to actually like you know exemplify what it just means to just like you know just choose your own path and to pursue your own endeavors into this messed up adventure called life i really have to tip my hat off to you guys because it is definitely something to be noted because it really shook everybody in terms of both appreciation and love and i really want to tip my hat off to you guys but Let's go back to the beginning, all right? Call center, customer service. Everybody knows, like, you know, it was not the best environment for you, but everybody's got to pay bills, <laughs> you know? But take me back there. Like, how did it happen? How did you guys just wake up one day? You know what? Maybe we should pack it up. It's like, how did it go, man? Like, because I'm really, I, I don't think we never sat down actually, like, you know, just let's go back to the beginning. How did that happen, yo? That's true. We never really talked about it. Um, it started when I was, uh, waiting for my PR to come in, uh, permanent residency. And, uh, I had a period in the middle of it where, um, my permanent resident application was in process, but my work permit expired so I couldn't work anymore. Uh I had three months where. I, I didn't know how long it was going to last, but it happened to be three months where I couldn't work, but I could stay in the country. Uh-huh. That's going to be stressful. Yeah, it was pretty stressful. Thankfully, I had a little bit of money saved up, so that saved us. But we got to the point where I was like, okay, well, am I going to start selling my furniture and figuring things out until this thing comes in? But lucky enough, we didn't have, it didn't have to get to that. But during that period... I think at one point we were talking about, hey, maybe like we should 
move at some point because winter was starting to get to us in Montreal. And I, I was getting sick of the call center life and working in customer service and just that's not what I wanted to do. So we started talking about moving to LA at first, but then we realized that I was going to be a permanent resident and I am an American citizen also, but I'm, I'm being a PR and then Jasmine being Canadian wouldn't be able to work down there. Uh-huh. So we decided, you know what, what about Vancouver? So we started looking into it and, I mean, really, Vancouver, out of all places, like, you know, Canada is a big country. Why Vancouver? I don't know. We we didn't know much about Vancouver, but we knew it was warmer and we knew there was some film going on in Vancouver. And we were just like, looks pretty. There seems to be work in film there. Might as well take a chance. Let's do it. Yeah. So, so just, just, just happened, just like that. It's like, you know what? As spontaneous as it is, you know what? Fine, let's just throw it into the universe and just like, let's just go. Yeah, exactly. But we did like, what's funny is that the the decision was really quick and really spontaneous, but the planning was really deep and really well done too. Logistics? Which, How so? Logistics of it. Because, well... <laughs> I say that, but at the same time, when I tell the story, it's kind of, it doesn't sound like it because we decided, okay, at first we're like, okay, are we going to send our stuff over? Are we going to fly over? Then we said, let's just, you know, let's just drive. But we didn't have a car. We didn't have our licenses yet. So in three months, we decided, okay, let's get our licenses, buy a car, fill it up with whatever we can, sell the rest, and then move. But the planning that I was talking about is, the leaving Montreal and going all the way to Vancouver, we planned like we had to book our campgrounds because we camped the whole way also. Yeah. Like talk about the road trip of a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty amazing. So that's the thing, planning the the campgrounds and all that made us realize, okay, so we don't want to drive too much every day and planning all that. So that's, I don't know. It was, it was weird. Like it took a while to plan it, but when it started happening, it just, everything just started happening faster and faster, you know, when getting to that date of leaving. Yeah. So at some point you realize like, you know what, once you get the ball rolling, okay, this is, this is for real. Is there ever a point where you were like, cause I believe that one, every time everybody has ideas, right? Everybody has plans. Anybody can plan, but yeah. the idea and the execution is a lot where people fall flat on their face. So if I'm hearing you, it was like, there was always someone like, there, was there ever any uncertainty? Was there ever any doubt or like, okay, we burned the bridges might as well. Like, you know, let's make it happen. I don't think we had any doubts at any point too. It's, and that's the thing too. It's because we were two people doing it too. That's it. When you plan something alone, there's more chance of like giving up midway or not wanting to complete it, you know. But when you have someone else that's, you yeah, know, we were just on the same page about it and just, yeah, there was, there was, I don't remember any point of the, of the journey where we were like, are we really going to do this? You know, it was always like, yeah, let's do it. Let's plan it. Let's do it. Well, it's kind of hard to back away when you've already stole all your stuff, right? Because <laughs> like, I remember, because I remember it. But it's like when you guys like, okay, when we came to say bye. It's like y'all are really leaving. Like you know, your stuff is already in the car. It's like you guys are really leaving. It's like I remember talking to my wife. We're just like they're actually leaving. 
they're they're leaving. It's crazy. <laughs> it, it was bittersweet, but you know, everybody. I can't remember a single person's like, yeah, it stings, but at the same time, everybody knows we wish you nothing but love and love and light, man. And it's been mm-hmm. such a. It's like how how long has it been? Like what four four years? Wait, I'm I'm I lost count. Almost three years now. Almost three years, and time flies, man. Time flies. Yeah. But tell great. me about tell me about the first day. Tell me about arriving. How did that happen? How did that feel? We arrived in Vancouver. We didn't have a an apartment. Well, we didn't have any jobs or anything lined up. But we had we rented this subletted this apartment for two weeks. So we drove in and settled into this basement apartment for that was like a studio apartment, just one room and a bathroom. Um, and yeah, we settled into there and we're like, okay, so we've decided from the get go, like when we get there, we're not going to start looking for apartments right away. We're not going to start looking for work anyway. Uh-huh. Gonna take a few days to visit Vancouver and then we'll get into that. Okay. So and, enjoy the journey. Yeah, exactly. So we got there, we started just taking the bus and or we couldn't move our car because our car was full of stuff. So we didn't want to go anywhere with it. Well, obviously so left the car and we just, yeah, took the bus around Vancouver to visit the sites a little bit because we didn't know anything really about Vancouver. So it's gotta be a little bit, you know, unsettling. Well, not unsettling. Like, you know, just go to a place where you genuinely like, you know, where nobody knows your name, basically. You know? exactly. That's the thing. That's what, that was a, what was weird for us too at the beginning was like, yeah, this is like, because you got to remember too, we were stopping in a bunch of cities nonstop for two weeks before we mm-hmm. got here. So getting there, we're like, oh yeah, this is a cool place too. Like, oh wait, we live here now. This is where we live. So yeah. Uh, the first few days were just like that, just visiting a little bit. And then we started looking for a place to live. And then, I don't know, it was thinking about it now like it was a hard time like trying to find an apartment because vancouver's really like there's a lot of competition when you go to apply for an apartment and all that Uh and especially nowadays like the rent crisis in vancouver is insane like apartments are like insanely expensive Uh so yeah when i remember after those two weeks thankfully we have one friend that lives in vancouver a mutual friend of ours tangi uh-huh. Right. And so Tangi told us that we could come stay at his place. So we stayed at his place for a week until the apartment that we had found uh, was ready for us. And this is where we are. We're still in that apartment actually now. Nice. Nice. So, you know, there's the fear. There's obviously not really the fear of the unknown. We're just like, okay, so let's make this happen. You know what? Like you said, you know, collaboration and accountability is a big deal. Cause again, like you said, you know, if you're, if it's just you, the factor of like, you know, just you not owning up to yourself is really big. But when you have somebody to actually keep you in check or who's on the same journey as you, that's also very important. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. But now, okay. So you go, you went, you considered BC for, you know, obviously following your path in film. Um, cause you gotta go back to the roots night. Like, have you always been a film buff? Have you always like, was, was it like, you know, just, uh, you know, a hobby or an interest that just turned into, you know, a dedicated passion? Where did that stem from? Well, when I was, I used to watch too much TV when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know from, 
I always, every time somebody asks me like how long did I know I wanted to make, be in film is I, at first I remember there was a, like a short, like three month period where I was thinking about what I wanted to do. And I remember saying, Oh, I want to be a, a policeman. Then I said, no, I want to be a lawyer. And then I thinking about it, I realized, no, these are characters that I saw in a movie so I actually want to make these characters. I want to make movies. That's what I want to do. So I'm, I was like, I was 11. I was 11. And then I realized that, yeah, that's what I want to do. And I started making like a few like little films with me and my younger brother at home. And we did it during the weeks, during the summer. And on Sundays when the family came over for Sunday dinner, uh-huh. we showed them you know, it was like the fun kind of little thing to do. And I, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's definitely what I want to do. Wow. So from early childhood, we get into, you know, so so now that you're actually in it, because I'm always picking your brain about actually being like, you know, on in the side, like really in the background, like in the logistics, like in the nitty gritty of it. And one of the biggest conversation I always have with you is like, okay, Benji, when I see these damn credits, so like, first of all, one thing I have to come into admiration is the logistical nightmare that has to be behind like a two hour movie has an insane amount of people behind it. Okay. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's crazy. So I read an article that you shared recently about, you know, this actor who unfortunately had like, you know, an accident regarding like, you know, long hours on set. And you were very vocal about it in terms of, you know, first of all, the insane hours that, you know, just, you know, lo- the logistics, like, you know, the, the production team goes through. First of all, I'm curious, because again, this is really, my questions are always very nice and, and, and dumb, but really, why are the days so long? Ah, why are the days so well the thing is the you have to think about it. when the film crew there there's a lot of like setting up that happens too but uh-huh. it's only the setting up on the set you have uh-huh. to think about like where there's where the trailers are going to be so it's all pe- places that people rent so uh-huh. the work trucks where every department has like one or two trucks that are filled with equipment uh-huh. So people have the the transport people have to start really early to bring those trucks there and then at night move them to the next location. But yeah, so they're setting up those trucks and then there's people have breakfast in the morning before they start too. So there's all uh-huh. like showing up to work, going to set, setting it up. Then you have on the other side, you have the actors that have to come kind of relatively early to, to get like, ready to get in costume, to get in hair and makeup uh-huh. and to be ready for set. And then setting up for a scene, you shoot that scene. It takes like a few takes for it to be done. A few setups, then you're done, but you have to set up again for the next scene. But there's also some days that we're filming in one location, but midday we decide to move to then to another location to continue filming something else. Does that happen often? Like, there's like, um, it happens. They try not to make it happen too much. It, they try to usually end the schedule, make it happen more in one location for that day. But if they can fit in another location after they're done with this one, you know. So there's always somebody like you know keeping in touch and it's like, okay, we got enough time to book. Like, okay, we could probably shoot this scene right now. So let's let's make that happen. So that's all done really in and prep. Okay. 
and prep, like that's what the AD department, the assistant director department does uh-huh. is that we look at the script, uh, you break it down into how many locations you have, how much time you need, how much time of like dialogue and script there is. And then it's break, broke up, breaking up on by the locations and seeing how many days we need in each location. So sometimes they overlap and they're like, okay, well, we have this location there, but the the next one is pretty close, the next one for the other scenes. So we might just jump into those. The next, those shooting those those scenes. But yeah. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but how do we go from okay, okay, we have we have an apartment, okay, we're here, we're just gonna take a chill, we're gonna see the sights. And then you know, how do you go about because I'm really speaking to the people who are taking the leap into, you know, looking, you know, towards, you know, taking a dip into their passion, whatever it may be, you know, and I'm hearing, I'm just, again, so much in respect for you, just like, you know, taking, having the courage to do that, because a lot of people are just like, okay, dropping everything and just like, okay, right, you know what, I'm going to win the film, because that's the thing, at the very, at the very basic of it, there has to be a passion that has to drive you. And then how do you go from, okay, I'm arriving, I'm here. And what was the thought process? Well, how did you go? What are the different steps into like, okay, right now, how, how do you start? What do you get hiring? Do you look for one ads? Do you look for sets? Do you have connections? Do you go on LinkedIn? How? How? <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I started doing some research online that was saying that anywhere like in film in LA or in Vancouver, the best place to start is as a production assistant, basically. Mm-hmm the guy who guards the wires and guards the cars and takes care of the garbage and uh-huh. runs and everything. So what I did is that I found, uh, well, I went onto the director's guilt of Canada website uh-huh. where for BC and the, well, wherever they are, they have the lists of the productions that are happening in Vancouver. Oh, you can actually find that. Okay. Yeah. The list of different, of everything that's filming in Vancouver is there. Okay. So, what I did is that I went on that website and I started sending uh, my resume to all the productions. And it was pretty much a gamble, like trying to get a call back. <laughs> so okay. I just started doing that and it took a while. Like it took, like I had a few weeks where I, had, I didn't have anything. I didn't get any calls, anything. So I was kind of worried. And then finally got a call from this guy who called me for one day. They needed an extra person. So I went that day and then he started calling me a few times once in a while for sure. So is it all temp work or? It's all, well, as it was all like production assistant work at the beginning, mm-hmm. which is like, like it was basically grunt work. You're there, the first person there and you're just standing still in the middle. of the- Make sure nobody steps on this cable. Exactly. Basically. Like I remember my first day was standing in front of this bar and a very like the downtown east side neighborhood in Vancouver, which is like uh, a very poor neighborhood, like filled with a, there's a lot of drug addiction there, a lot of mental illness there. So I'm standing in front of this bar and the crew was filming on another location. They were moving to that location midday. So, but I was there since six in the morning guarding. Oh man. So just standing there and waiting and wait, not nobody's there. I'm just, there. It's just you. Yeah, just me, just waiting. And then they come, they start filming, and they're done. They're like, yeah, okay, well, you're going to have to wait for all the trucks to leave, and then you can go home. So 
it's that kind of stuff. How do you not lose your mind? <sighs> you could. You could. That's the thing. So for me, like uh, at first, I remember I told Jasmine that later on. I couldn't tell her at first, but after a few days of like doing shows, doing day calls like that, and then starting doing shows as a production assistant, and I just couldn't take it. I was like, "Is this what it's going to be? Like that's not what I signed up for," you know. So I started, like, I remember coming home really late one night and just taking a shower and just crying in the shower. I was being like, what the hell did I do? Like, this is crazy, you know? But that happened. And then we, I met, like, I met a first assistant director because that's the uh -huh. thing, too. How film works is that it's a lot of, like, army-style Yerushi. Sorry? So, Yeah, it's really like a lot of like for each department, there's a head of department, and then it, it, it there's a there's a a ladder that you have to go up, basically. So who's the five star general? <laughs> so basically, it's the first AD, the first assistant director. Okay. He, the first assistant director is the person that runs the set, that takes care of the schedule at first, and then that runs the set daily. Daily. So okay there to tell us okay we're gonna shoot this scene we're setting up for this scene i need the actors on set right now and that's that person okay and so i met a first assistant director my friend julia that became my friend and she told she's the one that called me the first time like, to work as an assistant director after like we met randomly had a We have we have a mutual friend that we met during a weekend that I went for Halloween in Tofino on the Vancouver Island, uh -huh. and we met there. And my friend Michelle was saying, "Hey, Julia, Ben is in film too." Oh, we started talking. She's like, "You know what? I'll call you next time I have a show. Maybe we can work together." Blah blah blah. And next thing I know, she called me to be. So yeah, for the assistant director, there's the first AD, second AD, third AD, and then the trainee AD. Uh -huh. So she called me, she's like, I need a trainee AD for my next show. Are you available? And first I was like, yeah, definitely. I'm down to work for sure. But I was also kind of scared because I'm like, I've never done it before. But I, if you think I can do it, then I'll do it, you know? And I did it. I worked with her. Kept working with her a little bit and then met another first AD that really liked me. And I've been working with him a lot, too. So it's like you meet the right people, you know, you meet the right people. Keep your ears and see, I enjoy what you did there um, because it's something that a lot of people take for granted in terms of I heard the, you know, being backed up against the wall and menial work and understanding that like, okay. I'm in this. I understand that I have to pay my dues and because I'm hearing it like, you know, the grunt work and just like, okay, I'm spending an entire day in this, you know, uh, less than safe neighborhood. And I'm just sitting here just waiting from six to six and or even later. I'm here. I am just like, okay. And you go home and you're tired. Like, okay, you understand it's part of the process. But at the same time, you just like, Okay, you're probably considering you're the next Tarantino or something. Again, like, you know, cause just because <laughs> you got to shoot high. If you're going to aim high, aim high. You yeah. Know? And and that's that's really great to hear that. Okay, opportunity presents itself, 
And even when you're scared, and this is something I've told people before, you know, it's like, you know what? I it's not important because I think that's what you did as well. It's not important whether or not, okay, maybe I can do it, maybe I can't, but I better as well show up for the opportunity. If I yeah. fall flat on my face, great, but at least I'll have taken my chance. And I believe that's what you did. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I jumped on it. Like I didn't it that's the thing. These things can be scary at times, but like if you have an opportunity like that, you have to take it. You can't like um, you can't let it go. You just, I don't know. It's weird. You just have to take a chance. No, you have to take a chance. It's yeah. uh, it's important because again, you know, opportunity. Because this, I believe, the person even with her experience wouldn't give you the shot if they didn't, at some point in the back of their head, consider that you could do the job. So yeah, when exactly. you see that accolade or that you know that proof of concept, you know what. Take, here's like here's a chance take the lead like see let me see what you can do so yeah. that's good so there was a lot of networking with that and you know it opened up even more doors more opportunities so exactly. let's see so we go from production assistant what was the next step after that you were like you know still a training ad for the like for a couple of while or how did that happen? What, what what happened next training ad uh for a little bit uh tatting work so i just did that a couple of shows and so I had on the other side, I had also to get into the union. Uh So all those days count towards getting into the union Uh and I had a bunch of classes I had to take with the union, with the DGC to get into. And I did my days. And then the, the next first AD I was working with is Quincy. Uh He he hired me as a trainee AD and I kept doing shows with him. And after a while he's like, listen, think you're ready to be a third. So, we're going to put you as a third for the next show. And I did my days for that too. So I became a third, third AD. And I've been working as a third AD now. I worked with Quincy and Joey. Like jump, that's the thing too. You do contracts. So uh-huh. when it's done, you have to find the next one. So I worked with Julia and with Quincy, like back to back, like jumping around a little bit. And yeah, I've been doing... I've been working as a third AD now for like a year and a half almost. That's great. So you're part of the union right now. So you're certified or you're accredited. So you got, you got your dues. You're still acquiring your days and slowly, but surely, you know, we're moving up to second anytime soon. Uh, Hopefully. Yeah. I think it should be soon. It should be soon. Yeah. So what kind of shows you're working on? I'm doing a, I'm sorry. Is there a non-disclosure agreement clause in this conversation? I'm just asking. (laughs) <laughs> no, not really. Not really. There are some non-disclosure agreements like on set for not showing pictures and not doing stuff like that. But yeah, it, it I can tell. But the thing is, it's on the DGC website. When you go, mm-hmm. you see like what show I'm working on right now or stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I work on different things. Like it all vary depending on the contracts that the first AEs have. Mm-hmm. So I worked on uh, TV shows. I worked on feature films. I worked on... Uh, movie of the weeks what they call movies of the week which is like tv movies Mm -hmm. so yeah the the best experience i had was there was a few shows that i've worked on that were really cool i worked on a movie called boundaries with chris yeah i saw that yeah i saw on instagram uh is is it out yet isn't that uh, uh um south by southwest it, it went to south by southwest it did pretty well apparently it's coming out in theaters apparently in june uh-huh. so that should be fun I'm waiting for the trailer to come out. That's <laughs> what I've been waiting for too. 
Um, there's that, and I also worked on a TV sh- on a TV show called uh, You Me Her, which I really uh-huh. it was a great time. Like, made a lot of friends on it too. Uh-huh. And yeah, the last movie I worked on was ended a couple weeks ago. It's a feature film called uh, Spontaneous, which we'll see how it does. It looks good, so we'll see. <laughs> So, so far with the experience, how, well, cause again, I have to, cause again, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to just like, you know, just to get so much like, you know, stuff from behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, so from the dream to mm-hmm. the reality, what has been like, you know, the pros, the cons, the revelations, like, you know, is there stuff that you thought you knew about the industry that you're discovering, which is totally different? Like, you know, what have been, you know, sort of your learning experiences so far? Well, um, learning experiences is it's the day to day. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot more people than I thought at first. I was very naive to think that movies were just made pretty quick. But it's like there's a lot of people that all those names that you see on the credits. It's all the people that were involved in the film, and then there's also some that are not in the credits too. Uh-huh. It's that many people. There's that. There's meeting actors that, you know, some you think you didn't think much about them and then you realize they're awesome people. Some that you meet that you're like, oh, you're an asshole. You know, (laughs) there's always stuff like that too. Aren't we all? (laughs) Exactly. And there's also, I don't know, there's also the fact that like, for me, I want to direct and I want to write. And I realize also that, yeah, I have one foot in the business now. It's just to keep working towards that goal too now, meeting the right people and being able to make those connections too, you know? Consistency. Consistency. That's important because, you know, never lose sight of the fact that, you know, you're paying your dues towards your own, your own ambitions and your own goals. But, you know, like, you know, hearkening back to that. So, okay, what have been your influences so far? Like, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of work do you want to produce? Like, you know, are you more of a, you know, independent film writer? Because I know this, I'm just talking to people who are listening to us, like, you know, you know, in terms of your own creative space, like, you know, do you, do you write like, you know, for drama? Do you write for thrillers? Do you write, you know, documentaries? Like, you know, what have been your influences so far in your in, in your film uh, in your film production and uh, screenwriting i try to i don't know like for writing I, I i the short films that i've done there's a lot of like darkness in them there's a lot of drama but i try to write more of a drama comedy kind of way uh-huh. uh, and also i've been trying to write a lot more about a lot more about Haiti, I realize lately. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm getting way more and more interested in the Taino culture in Haiti. And I think I'm going to be working more and more about that. Okay. So, yeah. And filmmaker wise, like all the big directors that you watch, you're always like, oh, when you, I, you don't know what's influencing you until you watch your work, basically. Uh-huh. And, when I look at what I did, I'm like, oh, okay, that movie obviously influenced me or that movie obviously influenced me, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Can <laughs> one actually be, I know this is a loaded question, but one can actually, can one actually be a true original? Or are you always building off from someone else? I think you are. I think you are always going to build up from someone else because 
at this point in the history of mankind. I don't know if it's possible to be original, truly original, you know? I don't really think it's a bad thing, you know, because, you know, everybody's got, because you can't always, you you can't definitely, obviously be the first, you know, because you, oh, but you can only do you, you know, that's yeah. how, that's how I see it. You can only do you because you, if I watch your films, I know that is, that is definitely you because, you know, I've seen a bunch of your short fl- films and, you know, I really enjoy your work and you obviously do some great stuff. You know, there's a lot of technical savvy that goes into it and you're very smart about what you do. There's a lot of smart writing. But, you know, it's always good to see, like, ah, okay. Like, you know, that's Benji. Like, I can see where, where that happens. Like, ah, okay. <laughs> like, you know, but it's 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 really cool. It's really good because it's so fun. It's just like, you know, having a buddy, like, in the background. You see the credits, like, you know, yeah, my friend works in the film industry. I can actually have a very heavy Rolodex now. <laughs> but, but, man, it's definitely, but really dumb question. Ever like ever had any starstruck like you know any, met any fun people that you're like yes I met I don't know again Christopher Flummer what's he like? He's awesome. The chillest really? guy. Yeah, he's awesome. Like that was a little bit for me because on that film I worked up Christopher Plummer with Christopher Lloyd. Those two guys I was just I I wasn't starstruck because I'm I never be I don't know I don't let it get to me. Mm-hmm talking to them and being like on the downside we were just like having a coffee and just talking on set or whatever and i remember telling christopher Palmer like the beginners was one of my favorite movies you need to know this and just him being happy and being cheery and talking to me i was like oh yeah these are just people <laughs> you realize that pretty quickly when you start working in there you know they're just normal people it's like you know they have a job you have a job and we're working together yeah exactly exactly yeah and isn't that isn't that wonderful when you can realize that you know what you can do it too that's a nice message because you know they probably didn't do it longer than you have so that's what you call experience but you know whether as a first ad or or, you know a first ad or a third ad everybody's been through the process and everybody has their own chapter exactly yeah that is so cool that is so cool so but there's one thing I there's one thing I want I want to touch on because I've been taking so many notes preparing for this interview because um, I really wanted you to get your opinion on this you know um, Zach Arias uh, photographer you know in terms of like you know everybody like you know going into the creative field and he's always very uh, mindful of warning people you know from going from amateur to a serious hobby whatever type of creative field you know you want to jump into but he said it so well in a very important blog piece that he said like you know don't go into debt for a serious hobby for don't go into debt for a hobby you know so my what i want to i want you to like you know to touch on like in terms of if you're going to follow your passion do it and don't do it half-ass what would you say about that you have to be sure you have to be sure first of all that yeah are you are you definitely sure that's what you want to do or are you just thinking oh i kind of want to do that you know what i mean if you're sure that that's what you want to do then yeah you go all in you like, don't look back. You just do what you got to do. You got to put in the work too. That's that's the thing. I don't know. For me, it's a big issue for me for writing. Uh-huh. I'm I'm a lazy bastard. That's why I'm very lazy. <laughs> why would you say that? Why do you say that? I'm very lazy in terms of like if I could if I'm not working and I'm at home, uh-huh. I can stay home for days and not really do much. 
but that's that's one of my problems like if i want to write i need to sit down and i need to write but yeah you have to if you want to do something you have to do it full on you have to do it all the way you know because it remembers it, it reminds me of that um that episode because like you know it's of course because of you that i ever got into the actual boardwalk empire when mm-hmm. um when i was it was his name tommy i think it was tommy like uh, nucky's uh second hand um oh, yeah. second in command where he told him like you know you can't be half a gangster either yeah. you do either you go all in or you know you just don't do it at all hearkening back also to a second show you got me on you bastard mm-hmm. um breaking bad yeah. When uh, the other guy, Mike, I believe, told Walter, it's like, you know what? No half measures. Mm-hmm. No half measures, which I think are totally speak to whether or not you want to be successful or if you just want to be like, you know, lukewarm into whatever you want to pursue, whether in business or the creative field or whatever. You need to actually be dedicated to what you're doing. And this is why also we want, I want to exchange with you because in my opinion, in my opinion, I definitely believe that you totally embody that because you guys really went all in. And you're hearkening the rewards. I'm sure it's not easy every day, but you know, if I've never told you this before, I'm definitely telling you now. You're definitely in my book, in the upper realm, upper echelon of awesomeness in terms of following your passion. I really admire you for that, dude. Like seriously, seriously, it's definitely something you really need to hear because it's definitely true. Thank seriously. you. Right. So, what's next for the coming year? Like, you know, any like right now, you're 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 enjoying some downtime. You got any other contracts coming on? Uh, that's what I'm working on right now. Uh, it's stuff that are kind of up in the air right now. So mm-hmm. uh, I should be, I, I've been doing like day calling, like what they call day calling, just one day there, one day there uh, to help out some people that I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, the next show that I should be on would be in April. So I'm just waiting for confirmation for that. That's cool. And yeah, for the next year, just trying to push to go get to the second AD position and also at the same time, like push on my writing too. So, yeah. So in the long term, in the long term, are we going to work with Ridley Scott? Are we putting out our feature film? What are we doing? What are we doing, Mr. Godel? Trying to, well, trying to, I have a script that I finished. That I, and what I'm trying to do right now is send it to competitions and um, trying to sell it at some point to someone, whoever wants to buy it, call me. <laughs> so that's, that's, we'll definitely uh, throw some positivity into the universe, man. Yeah, exactly. That's what I want to do with that right now. But in the future, try to write my own stuff. I have some short film projects too that I want to do. And I have some other stuff that I need to keep writing. And yeah, so it's a, a, a lot of, writing and hopefully directing my own stuff but if i can't maybe putting it out there through someone else so yeah that's really good because i'm definitely hearing a lot a lot of positivity from you right now because you're obviously you know you're working hard you're working hard the days you know the days aren't easy but it's definitely something that as long as you're doing something you love you know that's great and of course and this is something i want to tell people too i'm not sure if you agree but you know whether just like me you know because again i'm doing this podcast and i have my nine to five i have my minions i have my wife everybody has you know life right because your dreams cost money 
know, it's just like, you know, like, you know, even when I did photography, when I did photography, I got my, my, my wife hates saying that, but you know, equipment costs money, but still, you know, if you do something you love, you never have to regret it, you know, just as long as there's something you're doing fully, full with all your heart. And it's definitely something that speaks to a lot of people. So that's really, that's really something that, that resonates, man, really resonates. Well, but man, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's the thing. It's like, it's speaking of something you love. Like if you're doing something you love for me personally, like working those 17, 18 hour days seems shorter to me than the eight hour days that I do. Like I literally feel more energetic after a week's of work. I, I, I'm tired, like I sleep, but I feel happier definitely than when I used to work in a call center, which oh, used yeah. to be half a day, you know, it's, if you like what you're doing, then you're going to be fine. And having worked the call center thing on the other side of the platform at every single echelon of that particular environment, I can definitely say it, even though companies are trying to actually make it better or livable, but still the concept of basically spending eight hours sitting on a phone, getting crap from customers is not a fun thing. You really have to be a special kind of individual to be able to take that for years on end. Even I paid the price at the, at the end of my journey, but still, you know, it's definitely something that, you know, and I remember you telling me that, you know, one of your former colleagues, unfortunately, you know, took their own life, you know, afterwards, it was like really unfortunate to hear, but it's all part of a very negative and toxic environment. Not saying that all call centers are, are, are bad, but I'm saying that, you know, the statistics have shown that, you know, that particular work environment is not conducive to a healthy well-being for their employees. And companies need to be a little bit more mindful of that. And I'm just taking two seconds to highlight that because it is very true. Because mm -hmm. I remember you and, and our mutual friend Eric talking about, like, you know, the very, very, very toxic environment that you guys had to go through. And I just felt so, so bad for you guys because I'm like, this can't. And it was a, on a daily, ongoing basis. And you guys were just drained, man. Yeah. That was... That you was... went through too. But that's oh, the yeah. thing. And what's crazy about that world is that they'll, these companies don't think so, don't believe that it's that bad, you know? And yeah, well, you were saying about uh, the call center where I used to work. It's two people that kill themselves. Like, and oh, two people, two people in uh, less than a year. So, and Aye. they're gonna tell you it wasn't linked to work, it wasn't this, but it doesn't have to be. Like, it just means that you might have some personal issues, but having that kind of work that that drains you, that just crushes you every day is not going to help those personal issues at the end of the tunnel you know? obviously it's a it's a it's an, it's a compilation of issues but that doesn't help it really doesn't help the situation exactly man yeah man. but so but at least you got out at least you got out you know you were able to identify you know, you know opportunities that helped you move forward and it's always important you know it's just like understand that Every, nobody's ever stuck in one place. You know, you just yeah. have to choose your direction and follow it. Yeah. You know, that was so good. That was so cool, man. Mm -hmm. Listen, I know we have like, there's never enough time to actually like, you know, talk about everything, but I just wanted to thank you for your time 
in this evening, this great conversation. I know it's evening for me, but it's afternoon for you in BC. Three hours. You're in the past, man. Wow, time yeah. travel. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, definitely. I just like, you know, this interview was a long time coming. I really want to thank you for this uh, really warm and candid conversation because it's, first of all, it's nice to catch up with you, man. Just like you and Jasmine, I hope you guys are okay. But, yeah. you know, just a little, like, you know, just a little, you know, just a little veil lifted into the wonderful world of the movie industry. You know, as you know, like, you know, if ever you want to be back, you know, touch on more on subjects like, you know, going to death, we'll talk about Game of Thrones, we'll talk about, you know, the last season and stuff, you know, <laughs> definitely catch up on stuff. But, oh, by the way, I'm never getting into, I'm never dedicating my life and soul to another show like that ever again. Okay, no matter how convincing you guys are, you and Dimitri, it's like, shame on you guys. I will never dedicate my soul and life to another show like that ever again. I'm done. Okay, I'm done. I'm just telling you. I'm done. Right now, I'm not. I'm not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. I've I've disconnected from The Walking Dead. I'm waiting for Game of Thrones Uh, patiently, and then I'm done. All right. Don't don't (laughs) call me. It's like Oli. There's this show you need to get on. It's like Dimitri has been trying to convince me to get on Westworld. I say I'm not getting on Westworld. I'm not. I'm just not. <laughs> but no, there's there's an incredible amount of good television going on. I have to say, now television is actually movie production quality right now. It's like it's it's crazy with the stuff that people are putting out right now. It's like the internet and you know networks have really and Netflix. Netflix has really changed the game in terms of how shows are distributed and everything. That's a conversation for another time. But you really realize that there's a high level of quality television going on right now. It's yeah. amazing. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> man, it's been so fun, but thank you so much again for being here, man. And as I always like to, it's never trying to put the guest into the spotlight, but I always like to give the floor as a final call to the guest, actually, like, you know, whatever you want to say in terms of a personal thought, personal, you know, encouragement or personal message you want to keep people, leave people with in terms of, you know, just following their journey of awesomeness. What would you tell them? Um, Just... Do what you, I don't know, do what you feel. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but don't think too much. And if you want to do something, you just do it. That's what I think. I don't know. Are you stealing off Nike right now, man? (laughs) Just do it. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) You just, I don't know. It's the the people always find excuses not to do stuff sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like, yes, there are some things that can stop you, but most of the time you just have to go for it you know you just do you just do you know you'll always find a reason you'll always find an excuse but you just you know just get up and just go ahead and do it yeah just you'll figure it out along the way yes Bengadea, it's been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you so much again for your wonderful availability and warmth. Uh, very, very wonderful conversation. If anybody wants to connect with you on the interwebs, any particular place we can find you? Um, I have a Vimeo account. Vimeo, uh, it's Bengadea on Vimeo. Um, and to Facebook. Facebook, Bengadea. I'll definitely link it up on the blog post for the part for this uh, when this episode goes live. So you guys again, make sure for that, and I'll definitely like you know promote 
any possible way we can in terms of, you know, the short films and the productions and the DGC website and everything. So I'll do my best definitely to push it out as best I can. But thank with you. all my appreciation and friendship, thank you so much for your time and awesomeness, man. With everything, love and respect, please have yourself a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful evening. Thank you, man. You too. Thank you for having me and keep going with the podcast. I really love it. I appreciate it, man. Thanks again. You do take care. Have a good night.